the Lord has been talking to me in the last week about something that personally I've been dealing with. I think, you know, COVID was a storm. I think we would all agree COVID was unexpected. We were plummeted into massive life change and transformation. We had to pivot. Some of you pivoted jobs. Some of you pivoted nations. Some of you had to pick up, you, you, you know, and leave things. You suffered great loss. Um, but the Lord began to talk to me about even beyond COVID, some of you have been going through trials upon trials upon trials. It was like you had one trial and you thought you were good. You saw that everything's stable and about two weeks later something else popped up and then you dealt with that and then you know 20 minutes later something else popped up and you dealt with that and two minutes later something else popped up and someone said well yeah well here we are and the Lord I Pastor Brent and I have been going through that I personally have been going through that and I would begin to cry out to the Lord and I'd be like when is this going to end right like, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. In fact, I felt like my energy sources were drained because all the energy that I was using to deal with this problem, another one pops up and then I'm like, I don't even have energy. I don't even have time for that and I don't even have energy for that. How many people have been there? And the Lord began to deal with me a couple mornings ago because I was like the psalmist David. Where David, um, I think it's, can you throw that up, Stephen, the scripture there for me, please? I'm going to read it to you from, he said this, listen, Yahweh. I wonder how he said it. Now listen, Yahweh, to, to my passionate prayer. Can't you hear my groaning? I mean, I have been there. I'm like, God, I am crying out to you. Cannot, can you not see where I am? Can you not hear the groanings of my heart? He goes on to say this. Don't you hear how I'm crying out to you? My King and my God. He identifies who God is in his life. Consider my every word for I am calling out to you. He's like, I rang you like four times and you didn't pick up. Is essentially what he's saying. It goes on to say, at each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice. Even though I'm calling out to you, I'm crying out to you, you're hearing my groan. Each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. And the Lord was speaking to me out of this scripture because like many of you, I've given my life to the Lord years ago. We give our lives to the Lord and then we go through the phase of seven times rededication. You know what I'm saying? You're at the altar, you're trying to make sure, you're trying to ensure your future. You had a little oops and then you had to come back and you're at the altar, right? And then we go through the phase where God says, follow me and we make a conscious decision to follow him even though we are the backseat driver questioning him every time he steers in a direction that you have not been before. You're mashing on the gas pedal, you're mashing on the brakes, you're trying to take the exit, God do this, don't do this, but you're doing your best to follow him. And then we come to the phase where we are intimate friends with him, where you begin to long for his, for quiet time with him. You begin to long to hear his voice. You begin to want to fellowship with him and you love the delight, the pleasures that come from the presence of the Lord. And then we move to another phase in our relationship, which is a phase where God says, lay every piece of your heart on the altar. 
and you say, God, I've left it all. And he says, no, it's 80%. You say, no, it's 100. He says, no, it's 80. There's still 20. And that's where you go through the burning, the purification process. The hard times where you're just like, ah, like the psalmist said, he's crying out to God. And the Spirit of the Lord said this to me in a quiet time this week. He said, you know what, Sharon? He said, there are trials that come because, uh, actually, I'll read it. This is the scripture he gave to me. Can you throw it up there for me, please? He said this to me. He actually gave me the scripture, and I was like, okay, God. He said, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeals which is taking place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith. I was like, what? He was like, all this is to test the quality of your faith. This morning I say to you, is your faith dysfunctional? Is your faith on the back burner? What is the quality of your faith this morning? So he says, why why are you surprised? as though something strange or unusual were happening to you, right? Like I think in our culture, we're obsessed with comfort. We're obsessed with stability. Don't get me wrong. We don't like living in conflict or tension. But the Spirit of the Lord said to me, we are coming to conflict and tension days where we are going to have to stand under a unusual pressure, unusual tension, an unusual conflict. It does not take a prophet to see that flip on the news. But many of us are quick to, well, we just got to resolve it quick. Like, I don't like this, what I'm feeling on the inside of me. Like, God, do something, do something quick. But the Lord says, do not take it by surprise or it is not unusual when these things come. Because he's testing the quality of our faith. But it says this, but in so far as you are sharing in Christ's suffering, sufferings. Keep on rejoicing. Turn to somebody and say, keep on rejoicing. Turn to somebody else and say, I need to see some joy. So that when his glory filled with his radiance and splendor is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. There is an invitation every time that you are in a fiery ordeal that God is testing your faith, but there is an invitation to come to a new revelation of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the man of war. He is the one that fills your heart with uncontainable joy. But here we are. And I think we are, we are in kind of like, it's kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember them? In Daniel 3, where the Bible says that everybody was bowing down to an idol. And these guys got in the fiery furnace. And the Bible says that the king heated the furnace seven times hotter. How many people know that we may be in a seven times heat, fiery stage of life right now? But they, what I love, I love about this story is that the Bible says that they were in the fiery furnace. But they said, okay, you can throw us in the furnace. We know the character of God. We know who he is. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we're not bowing. Even if he doesn't deliver us. So what's interesting about that is they had an even if so type of faith. 
that in the middle of the fire, their faith was like, well, it don't really matter what happens because we know who we know and we belong to someone. And I want to submit to you today, and I felt this and I, I wanted to say this before I have uh, Miranda come up. I think some of you, the quality of your faith is being tested. Pastor Brennan at the beginning of this year said, this is a year of faith. Many of us said, yes, it's a year of faith. Come on, we're going to slay the giants. It's going to be good. We're going to have fun. And then we hit trial number one. Then we hit trial number two. And then we hit trial, thank you. We hit trial number 12. 12. Not knowing that in the middle of this, there is a divine opportunity for purification. There's a divine opportunity to stand with the fourth man in the fire and allow him to wage war on your behalf. But it all has to do with where you place your faith and confidence. And I promise you, we are coming into that era where we will see many fall away from the faith. We will see many, the love of many will grow cold. Because people are gonna be like, I don't have time for this. They're gonna be groaning, calling out to God and feel like what? Like, is he gonna answer? Is he not gonna answer? So I submit this to you this morning. That not only does God wanna meet you in the fiery furnace, God wants to meet you in the upper room of your personal walk. This is not the time to say, okay, I know God, to depend on a friendship that you've had with him two, two years ago. This is not a time to be like, I kind of read my Bible, I kind of know God, I just, I just kind of am doing my, my thing. No, this is a time to push all of who you are to sit before the all-consuming fire and to let him burn you. Last scripture for you, it's interesting. Um, there are people that trial well, trial well, and there are people that don't trial well. There are people that in the middle of trial, they're cussing, they're offended at God. They're like, if he doesn't either get, they're, they're spouting ultimatums to God. Like, if you don't do this by five o'clock on Tuesday, I'm out. You know, there are people that just don't do well in the middle of the trial. And I want to encourage you in this last scriptures. Can you throw it up there? Actually, I don't even know if you have it. Do you have it? Maybe not. It's where David says this. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. This is that season. And I heard the Lord say to me, watch your mouth, Sharon. Because the things that you are standing and having to release your faith in, when all things are swirly and all things are not happening, you, you begin to cancel what I'm doing because of your mouth. So I want to submit to you that God wants to meet you and strengthen you. That's why the scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. But you've got to wait. 
You got to come into the upper room and say, I'm going to plant myself. I'm going to, I'm going to determine that my life will come out. How I do my business, how I do my life, how I, I, I love my family. All of that will come out of a place where I have met with God and where God ministers to me, where God refreshes me and he strengthens me. So I submit to you this morning that we are entering into days that not only require your, you know, yes, God, I will choose you, salvation, rededication, I'll follow you, but I'll mash on the, on, on the break when I feel like it. Or then days where you're like, you know, you're just getting to know him as an intimate friend. These are days where the psalmist said, lay all the pieces of your life on the altar. All of them. Allow the Lord to purify you. What is that? To remove contamination. To remove the fear. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Some of you this morning have to say that you will not bow to fear. When everybody else is like, oh my gosh, did you see the news? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, there's probably terrorist cells in Canada. Oh my gosh, this, that, 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 that. You have got to get up in the morning, rebuke fear, and go about your day. That you're not going to bow to it. He's the fourth man in the fire. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be burned by his presence. The man who has eyes like fire. So I want to pray for you just as we bring Miranda up. If you have felt like you have been in a chronic season of trials or you just feel like you are worn out. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that the enemy comes to wear down the saints. That's his job. He just wants to wear you out. Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna lose? I'll never forget some advice someone gave me years ago. When my husband and I, I swear we've gone through battle after battle after battle after years. You would never know sometimes because we're just like, well, this is our life. We just, you know, we're just going to win, you know. And I'll never forget the advice that someone gave me, my husband, years ago. They said to me this. They said, you just need to learn to outlast your enemies. Some of you, you just don't give up. Just don't give up. Having done all, stand. Show up. So I want to do this before Miranda, you can come. You guys can get this ready. We're going to have a conversation. This morning, I want to pray for you because there's something that is so powerful when you come into the household of faith where the Bible says you are not alone. You belong to God and you belong to the family of God. So if you are in this place this morning and you are battle weary, you feel like it's been trial after trial after trial, or you just feel like you've lost your breath and can't gain strength. I want you to stand for a moment. I want to pray for you this morning. Just stand up. I know there are many of you. The Lord said to me, Sharon, this is not just you. You are not the only one that the quality of your faith is being tested. You're, you're, you're grabbing for God. You're like, God, I want to stand. God, I want to do this your way, but you're feeling tired. I want to pray for you this morning. If you are sitting, which is a few of you, I think the majority is standing. If you are sitting, actually, let's just do this. Everybody across the room, just stretch your hand to someone other than yourself. Because we're in this together. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over exhaustion and over a literally a weary, weary, weary spirit that comes to wear down the saints this morning. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you 
Father, I thank you this morning that you promised that strength would come to those that wait on you. And right now, I speak strength into each one in this room. Father, I declare a canopy of grace to rise again, to face another day, knowing that the next day you're in it, the next day you're in it, and the next day you're in it. And Father, right now, we rebuke the liar, the lies of the enemy that would say that you are alone. You're not going to make it. There's nothing for you in the future. Right now, we take authority over that. And we declare right now that he has a purpose. He has a plan. He has a destiny. He is the fourth man in the fire. Right now, we release the fire of God to come to you, to come to strengthen you, to come to renew you, to come to refresh you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare that hearts are being revived. We declare that dreams are being revived. We declare that, God, as we look to you, our faces are not ashamed. Father, right now, we, we right now, we slam the mouth of the accuser of the brethren that would come to say, you have tripped up too much. There's no hope. You've ruined your testimony. You can't do it. You can't be that bright and shining lamp. We bind that in the name of Jesus. We rebuke that. Also, right now, where the enemy has come to sap your finances, it's like you have been in a chronic state of losing money. Right now, we declare a reversal of that in the name of Jesus. A reversal of that. Father, we thank you that it is your desire that we would prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. So we declare that into this atmosphere this morning, you are pregnant with hope this morning. Hope in the Lord. He says that he is a rewarder of they that diligently seek him. So we thank you. We receive it right now. Strength right now. Be strong in the Lord. All weak places are being made strong right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, yeah. Let's give God a clap this morning. We love you, God. I said to the women that we did, the 130 whatever women that we did fasting and praying, I said to them that you've got to develop a habit of getting up and rebuking the spirit of fear, being on the offensive because the subtleties of fear creep up when we don't even recognize it and we start to meditate on it. We start to let it um, take root systems in our heart. And God said he came to set the captives free. It's not your portion. Anyways, this is Miranda. It's kind of hard pivot, right? Sorry. Uh, this is Miranda. How many people know Miranda? Come on, you can give her a little bit more of a hand. You know her. I was going to say that. I was like, who knows her? You know her. What a powerful statement, eh? on the front row, they said, we know her, she's our friend. And I said to first service that there's something really delightful when you have friends that you can sit down over coffee 
and share what God is doing. And you're like, oh my gosh, he did that for you. He did that for you. Oh my gosh, he's so big. Yeah, he's so big. Oh my goodness, he's going to take over the world. You know what I mean? And I think that everybody needs friends that sharpen us to see a big God and sharpen us to believe him for all things. One of the words that the Lord gave me at the beginning of this year, um, because I'm a risk taker. I've always been someone that's just like, if it's, if, if it's not fun, if it's not adventurous, if it's not wild and crazy, I'm bored. Um, but then I married my husband and he's like steady Freddy. He's like, we just need just, you know. Um, so God put us together to kind of sharpen us together. Um, but one of the things the Lord said to me this morning, he said, this is a year that anything is possible and everything is possible. And we as believers, we have to engage with the anything and everything is possible. So this is Miranda. Miranda is no stranger to us at Toronto City Church. And, you know, my husband and I were having a conversation. The Lord was talking to us about um, the upper room and about Acts 2, where the Bible talks about how the disciples were gathered. And I can only imagine the conversation among friends about being in that upper room. And what is he saying? You know, he said, wait, and how do we wait? And they probably were catching jokes, but then praying and like, oh, if we're not serious enough, maybe he won't come. Like, I could just think about what the scene may have looked like in the upper room. And I just thought about um, community, the message that Pastor Brennan brought and about having discussions about how big God is and what he's doing and about our personal upper room and our corporate upper room. So this morning, I want to make a corporate experience, a very personal experience um, to know how we cultivate these personal upper rooms and how do we spill out like the disciples did to bring the good news. You know, when Peter stood up and said, these men are not drunk because everybody's pointing fingers. Man, they look drunk. They look crazy. No, they're not drunk. This is what this is. This is that, you know. Um, so Miranda, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where have you been in the last 12 months? Thank you, Arnold. Whoop, whoop, Arnold, thank you. Okay. Yes, Arnold. Okay, Arnold. Looking sharp today, Arnold. With, with his shiny shoes. And he's single. Okay, all right. Okay, Arnold. <laughs> Y'all just trying to marry folks here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we are. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your journey with God. Where have you been for the last 12 months? What is he doing in your heart? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Miranda, like Pastor Sharon just said. Um, yeah, what has the Lord been doing? Um, so I've, I just came back uh, mid-September. I've been away um, working with an organization called Youth with a Mission, uh, YWAM for short, uh, which is a missions organization, um, and so I am based at the in the in Kona in Hawaii. They're based there. Sorry, um, hold on now. <laughs> Did you say a missions organization based in Hawaii? That's right. Yes. <laughs> Sounds a little fishy to me. Sounds a little fishy, but yes. In all fairness, there are bases all over the world, but uh, the Lord is gracious and. And he loves me, so he sent me to Kona specifically. Um, in the middle of the winter. That's right. In during the, the, winter, the, the winter, winter months. Um, yeah, because God knows us, you know. Um, <laughs> if you walk away with anything, no, God knows you. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, basically, if I don't know how many people are familiar with YWAM, but like I said, it's a missions organization, and it's predominantly um, younger people. I am young, but people that are younger than myself. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of the population are people that are coming out of high school, usually like doing a gap year um, or in their early years of like university, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I spent so many years working at the Scott Mission, working with young people as well. And the Lord called me out of there and into YWAM. Um, but funny enough, not with the youngest of the people. <laughs> um, so in YWAM, we're doing, I'm working on staff um, doing like discipleship training schools. We call them DTSs. And uh, basically it's where students will come in and they get trained um, to go into missions. And uh, the, the group that I work with is, uh, we're known as like the older people on base. How, um, how much old, like when you say older people, what do you mean? Like yeah. gray, gray hairs? Some, or like... some people do have gray hair. I have gray hair, so I'm one of them. Um, but it's actually not even that old. It's, it's 25 and older, but it just gives you a sense of what the YWAM population is. But it really is 25 and older. Like we've had uh, people that have come to do the school that are 25, and they're in a classroom with somebody who's 79. Wow. So um, yeah, it's really cool. And the thing that's unique about our group is that because they're a bit older, um, a lot of the times they've been called, the Lord has called them out of careers, out of, um, you know, lifestyles, right? Like literally, you know, you have people that are in their 60s or in their 50s and they've, you know, been doing a certain thing and the Lord just calls them out. Um, and so we train them for three months um, in Hawaii to uh, be prepared to go to missions. And then the, the next three months we actually go on outreach and we're like sent to different nations in the world. Um, and really just kind of led by the Spirit and, and serve the people and share the gospel and seeing, some, seeing the Lord do some really amazing things. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what would you say regarding, because we're in this upper room season and we've been talking about waiting on the Lord, seeking the Lord, can you think of seasons of your life where you've had to wait on the Lord, seek the Lord? Like, what does your upper room look like? Mm-hmm. And, and with all disclaimer, I said to Miranda that we were going to talk about, you know, some of her personal relationship with God, what happens behind closed doors, because it's interesting how we can gather together and we can worship together, but really where our history with God is forged is behind the scenes and where, how we spend time with God, is he your faithful friend, you know, all these different things. So I said to her, I said, if you were asking me this question, I probably would have been like, I can't, I can't talk about that on the mic. Just because for me, it just feels like it's such a sacred thing to me, this relationship that I, this, what I've kind of forged over the years with God through the trials, the ups and the downs, but I have the mic and I'm interviewing you. So yeah. she's going to share with us a little bit about her personal kind of behind the scene upper mm-hmm. room. Yeah. So uh, for me, I was saying even in the first service that one thing that I've had to learn is that the upper room is not necessarily a physical space. And I've, I've really discovered that in the last few years as I've kind of traveled a lot and been all over the place. But it really is this place of meeting with the Lord and um, this place of really desiring to know God. Like for me personally, that's what it is. It's this set apart time of just really seeking after the heart of God and being, you know, just coming before him and saying, you know, God, I really want to know you. You know, I, I, 
I think it's in Psalm 103 where it talks about how the people of Israel knew like the works of God, but Moses knew God, you know? And so it's like coming into God's presence with that heart posture. Like, God, I, I've heard the things that you've done, but I want to know you personally, you know? And so for me, that looks uh, many different ways, you know? A lot of the times it's just sitting silently before the Lord and hearing his heart because I really want to know the heart of God, you know, like who he is and what he's like. Um, and a lot of the time as well is just spent in the word. It's, it's just discovering God in his word. Um, and also just, just pouring out love on God. I, you, I'm sure as you guys have even experienced yourself, it's like you come into the presence of God and he encounters us with our love, with his love, sorry. And the only response that I can give to him is to pour out love in return, you know? And I think that oftentimes we kind of get it backwards where it becomes a striving thing of like, man, I got to give God my love. I got to give God my love. And what I've, what I've recognized is that it's actually, it's the opposite. So as I sit and I receive from God, as I sit and I, I listen to his heart, and oftentimes he speaks to me about how much he loves me, not how much, I mean, yes, about how much he loves us, but like me, Miranda Monroe, you know, um, that is when the love from my heart like just pours out onto God, you know, and I think the other thing as well is it's this place, I didn't share this in the first service, but it's this place of uncovering, right? Paul talks about working out our salvation with fear and trembling, and one of the things that I've discovered, it's like, it's actually coming before the Lord and discovering what this all means. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like allowing God to speak to me about who I am and the way that I should be living my life, you know, and, and what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a disciple and just giving him access really to my heart, like getting to this place of being like, okay, God, I'm going to live with my hands wide open. And I really, really mean that, you know? So Does your hand close sometimes? Yeah, you know, it always, exactly, yeah, it definitely happens, right? But then it's like this thing of opening them again, or even like you said, getting back up on the altar, you know? Um, so what I've really discovered is that, like the Christian faith, it's really about living for God on his terms, rather than our own. And sometimes, Can you say that again? Yeah, it's about living for God on his terms. Can you say that for the person in the back? <laughs> it's about living for God on his terms, Melissa. <laughs> living for God on his terms. What does that look like um, as you get, have you given God your yes? Your yes mm -hmm. has taken you to South Africa. Yeah. Your yes has taken you to Mexico. Living for God on his terms. What has been some of the hardest things to say, hey, God, your terms, not my terms? Yeah. Whew. Um, man. Uh, wow. I mean, even leaving, leaving the Scott Mission, I was there for... Um, What's the Scott Mission? So the Scott Mission, I don't know, is Nana around here? Oh, there's Nana. Yeah, Nana works at the Scott Mission as well. Um, but that's also, it's a Christian organization here in the city. Um, they have different locations. There's one actually that's right down the street from here. Um, and then there's some downtown as well. Um, and so through the Scott Mission, I did a lot of youth ministry. I was the director of their camp. Um, saw the Lord do amazing things, like amazing things, you know, um, and really loved it. Like I was all in. <laughs> um, and it was like in a moment, the Lord just called me out, you know, and 
I want to caveat this by saying that, one, I, there's a phrase that I've, I've had to repeat to myself over and over again, and I might have shared it before, and it's this whole thing, the Lord's showing me, it's not a punishment, it's an invitation. And maybe somebody needs to hear that today, that it's not a punishment, it's an invitation. And, and leading up until this point, I feel like the Lord, he had me in scripture, um, especially the passages where Jesus is talking about discipleship and the cost of discipleship. You know, Jesus says wild things, right? Wild, things. wild, wild things, right? It's not casual. I think sometimes we enter into the faith casually, but he's saying things like, if you are not willing to renounce all, you're not worthy to be my disciple. And this is what, I ta- this is what I'm talking about when I say um, working at our salvation with fear and trembling. It's like coming before the Lord. This is like a four-year period for me of like coming before the Lord and saying, okay, God, I'm reading this, Now help me to believe it. Help me to get to this place where I actually am willing to renounce everything because you say so and because you're worthy. And then God started bringing me, (laughs) be careful what you pray. (laughs) But then God started bringing me through that process, you know, of what it really looks like to die to self, to take up our cross and to follow him. Um, And so, yeah, leaving the Scott Mission was one of those things. I loved my job. I loved the people there. I'm still in relationship with all of them. But it was, again, it was like, it's your terms, God. You said it's time to leave. I'm going to leave. And the Lord's saying, you know, I want you to leave, and I'm not going to tell you where to go next. Okay, all right, God, on your terms, not my terms. And so for almost a year, I sat just seeking God, unemployed, (laughs) Right? But no again, money. No, no money. Yeah, no, no, money no just in. what I had saved up. Um, but this whole thing of, of discovering in the midst of it that God is worthy, that he's worthy of my yes, he's worthy of everything, that this is truly what it means to be a disciple, to be a believer, right? And God requires different things from all of us, but I think that it's this whole thing of we're all supposed to live with the same heart posture, which is our hands wide open, so that any, at any moment, and I know this sounds scary, but that at any moment, whatever he's requiring, whatever he's asking, that each of us would give it to him. And for some of us, that looks more real. You know, for me, that's what it was. It was like my job, and then later on, God was like, all right, uh, now I want you to get rid of your place, and I want you to, like, sell all of your things. And I was like, okay, again, I still have no idea where the Lord's leading me, but he's giving me these instructions. And you talk about being tested, <laughs> right? But again, there was this thing, like in the process, it was about discovering who God was. And because I discovered who God was, it was like, even to this day, no matter what God asked me, there's this thing genuinely in my heart where I'm like, you're worthy of it. So if you're saying my job, all right, God, it's on your terms because you're worthy. You said, get rid of these nice couches that I spent a lot of money on. Yes, you can have that too, you know? Um, Sometimes it's real. It's the couch you love. Yeah, right? right? Um, All of these things, you know, but the Lord's been so, he's so faithful and he's so good and he's so worthy. And in the midst of it, I've just discovered the realness of God on a whole other level. Like nobody at this point, like people cannot tell me that God is not real because he's in the midst of it. He's come through time and time again. Come on. That's powerful. It's interesting, we, uh, some of us in the worship department, we were talking about a song that was written by Maverick City called Refiner. Mm. And how, you see people are shaking their heads. No, we're not (laughs) singing that song anymore because that song triggered COVID, right? Some people are like, that song triggered COVID. But 
I want to read you the lyrics to the song. It says, if the altar is where you meet us, take me there, take me there. What you need is just an offering. It's right here. My life is here. And I'll be a living sacrifice for you're a fire, the refiner, and I want to be consumed. I want to be tried by fire, purified. Take, you take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. One more verse, just in case. If your glory wants to come and let it fall, we want it all. Lord, your fire is consuming. Fill this place, set it ablaze. I'll be a living sacrifice for you. Clean my hands, purify my heart. I want to burn for you only. You take my life as a living, take my life as a sacrifice. I want to burn for you only you. So this is a song we, everybody loved it when Maverick City wrote it. And then everybody was like, hold on now. Wait a minute. What are we saying? But I think, uh, Miranda, you were talking about that living sacrifice. It's like not on your turn. It was like not on, what was the, the statement? Your terms. Yeah, not mine. Not mine. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's like the psalmist said. He, he got up. He's like, every morning I'm going to seek you. I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar. Mm-hmm. Your terms, not my terms. Yeah. Um, Miranda, talk to us a little bit about, I know many people in here have gone through many dark nights of the soul. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you face them. I have faced them. I remember nights where it was so dark. You know, you can't see your hand in front of your face where you're just like, God, are you there? Or God, how are you going to lead me out of this? Talk about how you've developed um, even just tools in your time with God to see through and to move beyond the dark night of the soul. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I was sharing in the first service was we often think that our memory is better than it actually is, <laughs> right? So you think about this morning in worship, right? Gabby did this amazing job of leading us out and we got encountered by the Lord and in a moment you're like, I'm gonna remember this. I don't have to write it down right now. I'm gonna write it down when I get home. And you get home and you're like, oh man, I have no, like, Lord, what did you say, you know? And it's like, that's just, we're talking about a moment, right? Um, and then it comes to these dark seasons of our souls and it's the same thing happens to us but it's in terms of God. We, for, we can forget so easily who God is and what he's like in the midst of our dark seasons. And so what I've discovered is that we have to be anchored in the word. We have to be in the word of God because um, it's in that place that we discover who he is. So for me, in these dark moments, I have to go back to the word. I have to like just just dive into the word over and over again because it's this instant reminder of who God is and what he's like, you know, and just this discovery that even though I change and my moods are all over the place, God is, he's steady, you know, and so I've just found that, um, yeah, that his, his word has to be the anchor or else I'm not going to I'm not going to make it out of there because I, in the, you know, you get super emotional. Your mind is all over the place. Your heart is all over the place. Um, but I feel like the word of God is like such a calming thing and such a, it's such a boost, right? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. It's, it's who God is. This is the word is God, right? It's Jesus. And so, yeah. I actually love what you said there. It is the truth. So when all things, when you're trying to find what is your true north, Mm-hmm. The scriptures become the anchor of the true north. Yeah. So it is, no matter what I'm feeling, seeing, doing, being, whatever, this is the anchor. 
this is my true north. Yeah. I think that that's such an amazing tip for many of us because the reality is, is that we will all go through a dark night of the soul where we are grabbing for something to feel better in, to, you know, wisdom, to know how to move forward, all these different things. And yeah, if you just cycle the word and meditate on the word, it gives you the boost, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like eating. Yeah. So it's like you're going through a dark night of the soul. Uh, nobody wants to really fast or whatever. Like it yeah, literally yeah, exactly. is. Let's feast on a buffet of the word mm -hmm. so that we can have a stability or a stabilizing factor. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about, Pastor Brendan has been talking about uh, God's plan for our lives and about fulfilling God's plan for our lives. Talk to us about how you have stayed anchored in God's plan for you and not being swayed by jealousy, competition. Um, I gave this analogy in first service. It's like when you're driving your car in your lane and you're driving a Honda Civic or a, is it a Fiat? Those little ones. Oh, yeah. Or Mini Cooper that have no business being on North American streets. <laughs> You know those little ones where you're just like, who is... And then it's a grown, tall man in this small little... Um, no business being on North American streets with our fast highways. So you're driving in your little... You know, I drive a Honda Civic. In your little Honda Civic or your Fiat or your Mini Cooper. And you look over and it's a Lamborghini or it's a, you know, some luxurious car, Ashton Martin, whatever the case may be. And I'm, as I'm looking at this car, I'm like, oh, look at the interior seats. Oh my gosh, I wish I had that car. And by the time I have looked and gazed for five minutes, I've crashed my own car. Mm. Because I'm not focused on what God has laid out for me. I'm focused on what's happening in the next lane. So how have you kind of navigated that, you know, jealousy, competition, envy, and fulfilling the call of God for your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I mean, one... Comparison is, what do they say? Comparison is a thief of joy, right? So it will rob you of joy. It will rob you of purpose. It robs you of focus, of contentment, all of those things. Um, and so what I'm finding is that we, I have to stay anchored in the love of God, right? Um, and it sounds so basic. It sounds so, so basic, right? But... How many of us, it's like we know God loves us, but do we really know God loves us? You know, in those moments of failure, do you really believe that God loves you? You know, um, we, we live in a society where everything is earned, right? It's like you get good grades because you've earned them. You get a promotion at work because you've earned it. And the kingdom of God just isn't like that. Every single one of us has come in undeserved and we're still undeserving, right? And so... I think like a lot of the times there's so much striving and striving and striving and I found especially recently so much freedom in just being loved by God. That that's literally who I am. It's I'm loved by God. I'm not a missionary. I'm not whatever. I'm just I'm loved by God. There's so much freedom in that. And so sitting in that and allowing God to to love me, to even express his love and then believing it and receiving it. I can look at Pastor Sharon you know, on the mic prophesying and be like, yes, go. You know what I mean? Like cheering her on. Um, and so sometimes, I, I don't know, I think if we, if we actually search our hearts in those moments where we are jealous or we are looking to the left or to the right, part of it is that we're like, we're not fully convinced of our own identity, right? And so when we discover how much God loves us and we are truly anchored in that, then there's a freedom. There's a freedom for us to just be ourselves, but then also a freedom to give others the freedom to do the same, you know? And so 
I can look to Pastor Sharon. I could look to Naila, who's killing it on a Sunday. You know, we're both singers, right? The enemy wants me in worship times. And I don't know if this happens. I'm just being very honest as a worship leader here, right? That as a worship leader or somebody who's singing worship, you could be off on a Sunday and be, you know, in the moment, right? We're in the moment. We should be worshiping the Lord. But, you know, Naila, Gabby, whoever, Rebecca's done something awesome. and The Lord's moving. And there's that, there's that moment that the enemy tries to crack in and say, yeah, see, that's why they're up there and you shouldn't be up there. You know, and I'm just using that as, as a worship example because I do lead worship. Um, right? But... When, when I'm anchored in who I am and in the love of God, I can look at Naila, Gabby, uh, Rebecca, whoever leading and watching the spirit move and be like, yes, you know what I mean? Come to the front and worship my heart out because it's not about me. It's not about us, right? And so um, I think for me, I've really determined, like it's, it's, a, it's a very hard line that I've drawn in my own life that I wanna be, the person that cheers other people on, right? So I wanna be the person who, who no matter what happens, whether it's like, you know what, Kamisha's been praying for something, I've been praying for something, the Lord moved in her life. I want Kamisha every day of the week be, to be able to come and, and share her joy with me without fear that I'm gonna be like salty, you know what I'm saying? And so- Did you say salty? Salty, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, cause it happens, right? We, you know, sometimes we have friends that we know, like, there's something, like, amazing thing. Talk about, like, you know, oh, this is what the Lord's doing. Some of us know people that we actually don't feel the freedom to share that with, yeah. right? And, and so for me, there's, like, just a really hard line that I'm like, whether I've been praying for the same thing or not, if the Lord does it for somebody else, I'm rejoicing with them, right? Because that's, that's community. That's where community is built. Um, but I think that it's, it's not... That it doesn't come from striving. It comes from like just receiving our identity and our love from God. And so I just feel a freedom to, you know, be who I am and to allow people to be who they are. Um, and then also just having this, this revelation that as we all are who we are, the kingdom advances and that's what it's about, right? So I don't want to stifle Nayaila because God is using her to advance the kingdom. You know what I mean? I don't want to you know, be mad and upset about somebody's promotion when it's from the Lord and God is using that. You know what I mean? So there's like really a challenge to think like bigger picture and also to have just a different perspective. We have to come with a different spirit than what the world is, is you know. That is really good. It's so interesting that in Acts 2, after they were visited, you know, visited by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the early church and how they had all things in common, were sharing with one another, and they're with one another, I think we really do have a challenge in this season on how to, specifically in a church like Toronto City Church, we've got some really talented people. We've got people that are sitting, that are on their A game, that God is blessing with favor, finances, fame, you know, all these different things for his glory. We've got an opportunity as a community, as you said, to create an atmosphere of celebration. I think God, I think something happens in the heavenlies where we jump for joy. As the Bible says, when someone comes to the faith, we jump for joy when someone, when God breaks through for somebody else. 
And I think that God is shifting us into that type of culture. Um, and that's amazing. Just as we close, what is something else um, just on your adventures, maybe in, in South Africa, maybe in Mexico City, wherever, that the Lord, um, you really saw something happen, that God did something that you were excited about, that marked you, uh, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, I, th- I shared this one of the Fridays, um, like the altar Friday, but I'll share it again. I shared it this morning. Um, but while we were in South Africa this past time, um, I, was, I had a, a group that I was leading. And um, as I was saying, because we are like the older DTS, um, sometimes they come with families. So we also have kids on our team. Um, the youngest person on our team was four and the oldest was 79. It was amazing. <laughs> Lots of dynamics. Um, and uh, so as we, we came, right, there, at the beginning, there was like a lot of, you know, hesitation, some apprehension. Um, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit scary for people, right? You're in a whole other nation with a whole other culture, all these things. And for some people, this is their first time really stepping out and, you know, doing missions work. And, um, and so it was really cool to see how the Lord changed even the hearts of the people on our team. So it's like we initially came and you kind of look and everybody's, everybody's scary to you, you know? Um, and, you know, as we partnered, especially even uh, with this one ministry that works with um, men and women that are on the streets, it was really cool to see the Lord change the hearts um, and even the eyes, really, of our team, where in the first few days, the first week or so of being there, you know, you see people on the streets and you're kind of like, you know, our team was very, like, wide-eyed and a little bit, like, you know, get me away from them. And then it's like once we started partnering with this ministry, all of a sudden, this man on the street had a name, you know, and this woman over here, she has value, you know. And just to see that, like, see the Lord um, do that work was so awesome. And one of the mornings we were there, and we had been talking to um, our team a lot, almost daily, just about, like, what missions is and why we're here, right? It's about advancing the kingdom and sharing the gospel and, you know, that the Lord is doing something special in the nation of South Africa, and we have this amazing opportunity to be a part of it. So, like, let's get out there, you know? Um, and so we were um, there one morning, and one of our team members uh, shared an awesome word, and we saw, like, seven or eight people come to the Lord And at the end, one of the kids on our team who was 12, she came up to us and just kind of tapped us on the shoulder. And we had had this whole conversation about how, you know, we all hear from the Lord. And and part of it is that we are hearing from God and seeing, like, what he's doing and then partnering with him, like, joining him in what he's doing. And and we said, you know what, the kids, this is not just for us as adults, you know. This is, like, if you are breathing you have the ability to hear God, you know? Um, And so uh, we are really encouraging even the kids on our team that as we are stopping and we're waiting on God and we're listening, make sure you ask the kids too what they hear because they can hear God as well, you know? Like that we are all living vessels, whether we are like five years old or 85 years old. And so this 12-year-old girl came up and she nudged us and she said, I really feel like the Lord wants to, wants to, to heal. And we're like, all right, okay, you know what, let's do it. So we said, okay, whoever needs healing in the room, like, come to the front, you know? And so some people came. And again, you know, ministry, it's not reserved for, you know, those who are 15 and older or whatever. It's like whoever the Lord wants to use. And so we're like, all right, Matea, you felt this call. I want you to pray for this, this man. And uh, the guy that was before him, in front of her, sorry, his name was Abraham, and he had just recently had a stroke. 
Um, so when we first got there, uh, he was like healthy, all that stuff. And then a few um, days in, he had a stroke and he was like paralyzed on one side, like very visibly, he could hardly walk, all that stuff. Matea, this 12-year-old girl, lays her hands on Abraham. She prays for him and instantly gets healed. <laughs> like instantly gets healed. It was amazing, okay? And then um, right beside her, there's another eight-year-old girl um, and a man came forward and he had had like this, this, um, this pain and this pressure on his chest like for a long time, just like this excruciating thing. And uh, he said, she didn't even pray. Like she literally, this eight-year-old girl, touched him. She said, as soon as he touched him, it literally lifted. She instantly got healed, you know? And so we just got to see these amazing things. And I love, I, what I love about it is that God did it in the way that we didn't expect so that we could not take the glory. You know what I mean? Because some of us, we, we want, we, we know that God can do anything, but we put caveats on it. We sometimes put them in boxes. And even for myself, I just love I love telling that story because I was not a part of it at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just watching the Lord on display. But God just did over and over again like these amazing things, some of the things supernatural um, through our kids. And they had like such boldness, like going out into the streets. And, you know, sometimes we're dragging our feet and they're like, no, you're coming with me because the Lord wants us to talk to this person. And so it was just, it was so awesome. It was so awesome. That's amazing. Let's give Miranda a hand this morning. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask her to do something just to close um, that she does in her personal journey with the Lord. We actually both do it because we're both musicians and singers, but... Um, and this is part of probably your history with God and how you encounter the Lord. Um, she's just going to lead us in a song to close. Um, but I want to do this just as you prepare. I think these guys, I don't know who's helping her out here. Um, I want to I just encourage you to lift your gaze to God in a new way in this time. I think the story that she finished with is so profound that that the Lord is using people that you would never think he would use. He's using ages and stages for his glory. But the biggest thing is that God actually wants to move in our generation. I think for those of us, I grew up um, in revival culture. I, like my parents, my mom's here. Like we, they put us in youth groups that were having revival, Brownsville revival. I mean, wherever the spirit of God was moving, they placed us there. We may have been doodling on the front row, but they were like, you are going to absorb the presence of Jesus. You are going to encounter the wind of the presence of God at whatever age. We were church kids, literally sleeping on pews. I remember at my church in Ottawa, we did something called 40 Days Ablaze, 40 days of nonstop revival meetings. And I remember it marked me so deeply as a child that we, God, that my parents had enough maturity in God to bring me along, knowing that I could have been sleeping on the pew, sitting on the pew, coloring on the pew, that God would mark me because I was in the room. And this morning, I just wanna challenge you back to this whole thing of upper room to not neglect your personal, his, your personal walk with God, your personal time of prayer, devotion, singing out to the Lord, sitting 
gazing upon the beauty of God, receiving revelation, encountering God. But then also, as Miranda said, letting, like the disciples, after they waited, they you know received power, that they went out. Because that is equally as important that we are changed and we are marked because there's a generation that needs God. So if you can do me a favor, if you can stand, this is a little bit unconventional as to how we end a service. But Miranda's just going to lead us in a song out of her own inner court time with Jesus. So I want you to just kind of shrug off, you know, a little bit of the tiredness. And I want you to lean in for literally one to two minutes here as she leads us in a song of just intimacy with God uh, as we close.
So Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for Miranda. We thank you for what she carries, God, in the spirit. And Father, I just thank you for drawing each and every one of us back into that place of worship, that place of prayer, where you minister to us, God, and we get the opportunity to minister to you. So Father, we just thank you for today, and we thank you for what you're doing in our church and in our nation, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm just gonna invite Joel to come, give you a couple of closing uh, announcements, and we will be done for today. All right. Well, it, it is great to see everyone today. Again, just wanted to remind everyone who is a guest with us for the first time. Uh, as Pastor Sharon was saying earlier, we do have the Get Connected table outside just at the welcome desk. So please go by there afterwards, check in. We would love to greet you in a more formal way and just welcome you uh, to our, uh, as guests of our family. And we also have a gift we'd love to to gift you in that process as well. Just a few other quick announcements before we get you out. Uh, and next up, well, actually, if we could put the, the giving up on the board, our weekly tithes and offerings, there's multiple ways in which we can give. You can see them up there on the screen. And uh, we just thank everyone for participating in that manner. There's, man, there's just so much good stuff happening. And the reason it can happen, I, sometimes we don't connect those dots. The reason it can happen is because of our giving. Um, our, and it's important that we connect our giving with what's taking place because that's how God sees it. You know, God's, God sees it as an extension of who we, you are, who I am. As we give, it's not separate from us, but it's actually an extension. We're, we're making it happen. And fruit that comes from this ministry, even the multiple ministries that we sow into beyond uh, Toronto City Church, uh, is an extension of fruit that God counts to your life uh, because you participate in his kingdom process of giving. So not only do we get to, and then it's also part of the process of seed time and harvest of how God brings blessing back into our lives. So let's just pray over that quickly. Father, we just thank you again. Lord, there's so many things you designed that you could have done on your own. God, you are all powerful, but you set it up to partner with us, to include us. Father, and it's, it's, a, it's a means of relationship. It's a means of connecting us. You said, Father, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So as we give, Father, it, it helps direct our heart into the right places. But for, Lord, it's also a way that we get to partner with you. You didn't have to partner with us, but you chose to. And God, we just thank you for that privilege and responsibility, Lord. So, Father, I thank you that you're pressing upon each one of us how to be involved in that area. And Lord, it's even an area, sometimes it's tight in finances. It's an area where we grow in our faith and our trust relationship with you being real, you being good, and you being faithful to your promises. So, Lord, we just thank you for that and for that opportunity to give and help us to be faithful, even when it's tough, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, last few announcements. Uh, we have the night prayer watch. So weekly, we've been praying uh, alternately on the, the Wednesday morning 
or on the Friday evening. This week it is the Friday evening, but instead of going from 7.30 till 9, 9.30, as we have been doing for the last month or two, uh, this is going to be a night watch, so it's going to be an opportunity to pray. Yeah, we can, pray. We can celebrate that. Or we will be praying from 9 p.m., so it's going to start a little later, till 1 a.m. So everyone say 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. So you get a little bit more of your Friday evening and a little less of your Friday night sleep. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it gives us a little bit more time to get immersed in worship, some of that flow that we just experienced with Miranda, those type of moments and opportunities, even what was being talked about today, the opportunity to really sit before the Lord and to have some time to, to settle in. You know, sometimes there's busyness in our week and it takes a while to settle down and settle in. And that extended period of time really allows us to do that. And then the other aspect is our prayers actually change things. So as we pray, as we take that time, uh, we can expect shifts, not only in our region, or not only in our church or in our own lives, but in our family's lives, in our region. It starts in prayer. Amen? Okay, so, so, so I encourage you all to get out. It's going to be a good time. Uh, baptisms, next week we have another baptism. I know we have, it's, yes. So if you are interested in being baptized, I know we just had one last week, and that was sort of an impromptu uh, sort of uh, honoring, it, it based somewhat around Jordan's had a birthday, so it, was, it worked out that way that last week for that. But we have our, our weekly or our monthly ones coming up this week, uh, coming. And uh, so if you want to be baptized, please sign up to phone the church office or sign up online. And we can get you set up to be baptized this week. And again, baptism is a great opportunity to invite family and friends out. That's one thing in our society that people will come to, even if they wouldn't step foot in the church. If they know you're getting baptized, they'll come for those monumental moments or momentous occasions in your life. And it's a great opportunity to get friends and family out. Uh, School of the Spirit level one will be after second service. It is the final week for that. And level two starts next week. So we're jumping right back in. It's, we're having a good time for those who are involved in the course. It will be continuing uh, next week. So if you ha- were involved in School Spirit 1 previously and haven't jumped to School level, uh, Spirit Level 2, you can jump in as of next week. Please sign up on the church website. And uh, you, can, you can continue with the track that is going right now. And for all those who are finishing this week, there is the opportunity to continue next week. So School of the Spirit Level 1 will be continuing. Next Steps class runs weekly at 11 a.m. So Next Steps is if you're just new to the church, you're getting connected to the church family, you want to find out a little bit more of the history and next steps of how to get more involved. We run those weekly right now just because there's so many people that are coming in that are new. And we don't want to have them have to wait like a month or whatever time period to figure out how to get more connected. So that is happening. If, if that's you and you just came to second service, I encourage you to come out by 11 a.m. next week. You can, it will be in the back room, and there's a, a whole setup that will help you understand a little bit more of the church and how to get involved on a deeper level. Last, but no, oh, we got two more actually. And my phone just died on me, but I think I remember them. Uh, <laughs> Pray for me, no. Uh, <laughs> we have Toronto City Sports Volleyball uh, League. It's intramural. will be starting up 
as of tomorrow night. It will be right at the soccer dome. Some people don't know that, that we actually own the soccer dome and we rent that out to the community, but there's intramural leagues that Resilience Fitness helps us run connected with the church, and we often have a team that we put in as a church family and so on. And again, great way to get connected. Uh, if you like volleyball, I encourage you to sign up on the church website for that. And uh, there is also free coffee and tea that just started back up. So if you want, feel free to stay a while, grab a coffee, grab some tea, and there will be people out there to greet you and to help you get more connected that way as well. With that, let me pray for you quick, and we will get you out of here. Father, we come in Jesus' name, and God, I just thank you again for just the amazing word today. Thank you, Lord, for all the awesome people you've brought to our church family, Father, like, and that we are able to hear from Miranda today, Lord. Uh, God, and just be inspired by her journey to go deeper with you, to, to receive your love so that we can pour it out again, God. And Father, just take, take those hard uh, Father, not uh, take those, those hard moves sometimes to, to really consult with you as to where, where we need to shift, where we need to change. Father, if we've come off the altar and we've sort of got into Christianity light, Father, how to really embrace that process of discipleship uh, so that we can be better reflections of you to our world. And God, I just thank you that you bless each one of us in that process, Lord, of going deeper. And Father, thank you for the opportunities that are, are coming up, even as a church family, even through things like uh, our night watch prayer coming up this Friday. Father, I bless each person as they go. Uh, we, uh, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you would bless us and you would keep us. Father, that your face would shine upon us this week as we go. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, be blessed as you go, family.